We've now learned from an exclusive in the Star today that the Neville Lake family, almost immediately after the man who killed their those kids and that man, uh, almost immediately after he entered a guilty plea and accepted a deal that would send him to jail for 10 years, they filed a lawsuit against the Muzo family. And of course, it's a very, very wealthy family. Here to sort all of this out for us is our go-to legal guy, Ed Prucci. Ed, it's good to have you. Good morning. Good morning. Is it my imagination or is this a trend that is now spilling over from the States and is becoming more common in Canada that once the criminal aspect is done, then people start suing each other? Well, I, I don't know that that's a new trend in Canada. I think uh, perhaps the numbers are becoming a little bit more Americanized in the sense that they're they're going up and up. But this civil suit was about the most predictable thing that you could see in Canadian uh, civil law. It was obviously coming. It was a question of when, not if. So, interestingly enough, they're suing the Muzo family, or Marco Muzo, uh, who's serving his time in jail right now. And also, it was a company car, and they insist the company car wasn't properly maintained. Yeah, I mean, they're suing anyone and everyone, and I wouldn't read too much into it. That's essentially just to make sure that no one can escape responsibility and there can't be any sort of compartmentalization here. So, and remember that when when you launch these suits as a plaintiff, there's a lot of things you don't know because when the statement of claim is filed, which is the document that commences the action, there's very little information. There hasn't been an exchange of documents yet. You don't necessarily know exactly what caused the accident. You don't know what the mechanical fitness of the vehicle was. And even though a lot of this may have been canvassed in the criminal trial, the disclosure from the criminal trial is not readily available to the plaintiffs, to the Neville Lake family. They might have been informed of certain things by the Crown Attorney and sort of secondhand hearsay, but they don't have access to those documents. Now that they file a civil suit, there's an obligation to do an exchange of documents that will start to learn it. So when they first file their suit, they it's kind of a scattershot approach. They'll blame Muzo, they'll make, blame his family, they'll blame the fitness of the car, they'll make sure that they cover off everything so that when the documents come out, they're able to say, okay, here's what we're actually going to focus on. Here's where the liability kicks in. But I must say, when they say that the black box revealed that the brakes didn't respond properly and there was uh, 3.7 seconds between him applying the brakes and he was still going 85K when he hit the van, that, that is a pretty significant piece of business. It is, and what's really interesting about that is we never heard that in the criminal case, which I find fascinating, right? There was never any attempt by Lutz's defense team to say, hey, yes, I was driving drunk, but part of the reason that this happened isn't my fault, but the mechanical fitness of the car, because here I am for nearly four seconds slamming on the brakes, and yet my car continues to go through the, the stop sign. Now, what we don't know is whether that's because the, ba- the brakes of the vehicle actually were impaired, uh, much the way Mutsu himself was, or whether it's because he was going so fast that it actually took that long just to get him down to 85 kilometers. So that would be a, obviously an extraordinary aggravating factor. But for whatever reason, the, the defense team decided we're going to go full hog uh, on the responsibility side and not try to blame anything else like the, the mechanics of the car. We're talking with our legal expert, Ed Prucci, about a civil suit now filed on behalf of four members of a family who were killed by a drunk driver. Ed, where do you see this going? I would imagine, I mean, the Muzo family uh, is very wealthy and also, you know, in the past has been extremely generous as a benefactor. So I imagine they might just cut a check and have done with this. Uh, This is going directly to settlement. The only question is how much money is going to actually change hands. So the Muzo family lawyer has already come out and said that when their statement of defense is filed, uh, it's going to indicate that they accept liability, they accept responsibility, that they're going to be working quickly towards coming up with with a settlement figure. Now, the dollar amount that the Neville Lakes have claimed, $22.5 million, it's obviously an an enormous sum of money, and especially by Canadian standards, uh, and people may, may... 
sort of cringe when they hear this, but the reality is that deaths tend to attract lower dollar settlements than injuries do, because in Canada, it's it's not about charging you a fine, as it were, for your terrible conduct. It's about compensating the financial cost of what your conduct caused. So when a person dies, obviously there's some financial consequence to that, but there's actually a much greater financial cost if that person survives and requires a lifetime of medical care and loses out on all the income that they otherwise would have earned had they lived a, a free life without the injury. So when you end up with deaths, as of course you do with four deaths in the, in the Neville Lake case, and one person injured, the grandmother, which people often forget the the dollar value on this claim would technically be lower i don't think the muzo family is going to make a huge issue about that i don't think they're going to cut a check for the full 22 and a half million dollars either but there's going to be a high number that's going to change hands here